0: Everyone, Welcome to another dire episode of ARG Presents. I am Evil Aaron, joined this week by a man who comes straight from the pit of eternal darkness. I give you a man who walks hand in hand through the forest of evil with Lucifer himself, the Brent.
1: You know, mom and dad tried to warn everybody by making my initials B-A-D, but they didn't listen. You got that
0: right, buddy. Boy, and you, you lived up to that. That's for an sure. So, if you joined us last week, and some of you did, we spun the wheel, we made the deal. And this week, Brent, and I'm excited about this one, we'll be playing games where you are the bad guy in the game. Now, this is an interesting topic. I believe this came. This was a chat choice last week, Brent. As I recall, this was on the wheel. Correct. So that makes it more exciting for me because I like the idea. It's a very clever. they are, our 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 listeners very clever, clever people. So, Brent, uh, what do you think about games where you play as the villain, the heel? Uh, do, do you is this a is this a uh, a look that you like? Do you like being the bad guy in games?
1: I actually prefer to be uh, a a neutral character, not overly good and not overly bad. Uh-huh. Uh but when it, it when push comes to shove, I prefer to be kind of the underhanded player. Uh however, there are games uh where I've actually been disturbed by being the bad guy. Like it was actually so much that I didn't like it. Really? Like what?
0: Let's throw out some examples here, Branny.
1: Well, in uh, in Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two, uh, there's a level called "Remember No Russian," where you play as a uh, terrorist, and you go through and you shoot up an airport. And before the level, they even have a disclaimer. It's like, listen, this is like disturbing crap. If you don't want to play this level, you can just skip it, and you'll still get all the achievements. You'll still get all of the, you know, bonuses. It's all good. Just skip it right now. And I was just like, nah, click it. And the first time I played it, I refused to shoot anyone. Like I, I, I tried to shoot the bad guys. I was like, I didn't want to be that bad. And uh, uh, yeah, I failed the mission, and I went through. And then I was just like, okay, I'm just not going to shoot anybody. And that actually worked. Like I, I was shooting above their heads because I didn't want to, you know, it was just, it was weird. Uh, so that was one time vividly in my mind that
0: being the bad guy was too much. Too, I didn't want to do it too much. <clears throat> you know, I understand from a philosophical uh, perspective where you would be uh, worried about such a thing. However, I often revel in uh, being the bad guy or the heel I uh, uh, in some games, you know, when you talk about a a game like a war type game, often they're really both sort of bad guys in a way. I mean, if you're out there sniping another dude, you're probably not that good. You know what I mean? Even if you're fighting for the forces of good, in your opinion, you're still killing a sucker. So it could be well,
1: you're good and bad is often a perspective thing. So when you've got that kind of stuff going on,
0: when I uh, you know it's funny when a first when this category first came up. I thought of a game where you're technically, I don't think you're the bad guy, but there's a game on the Amiga called Walker, where you drive a huge mech, and all you do is mow down wave after wave of soldiers on foot with your mech, with your automatic machine gun. I just love that game. It's one of my favorite stress relievers. I know the boat hates it, but I love it. I love the play mechanic of just mowing down guys on the ground, or stomping them, but not nice, not a nice thing to do. You know, uh, we play, We talked about City of Heroes uh, uh, quite a bit. The online uh, game, they released an expansion for it called City of Villains, where you make up your own villains and play from the bad guy side. And I, I'll have to say, I've only recently warmed up to it, but that's another one that come, that I sprung forth in my mind when we talked about the uh, games where you play the bad guy. Another one that's very prevalent was uh, a game, which I threw in some footage here, called... Uh, the dungeon, uh, the dungeon keeper series, where you actually run an evil dungeon, and you you've got lackeys and flunkies that you smack around to uh, get to uh, do what you want, and then you also try to kill the people that come in to steal your money. I always thought that was a pretty kind of a neat uh, angle or slant. Uh, what what other uh, bad guy games that spring into your mind, Brent?
1: Of course, one of the most profitable games out there. Uh grand theft auto oh where you are yeah. you you're the bad guy and that kind of that stuff along with like dungeon keeper and city of heroes uh where you're playing uh well like gta is not a comically evil guy but it's still you know more i don't want laid back evil you know it's more acceptable evil uh, you're just going around, you're killing people, you're robbing them, you know, you're trying to take over things. Uh, that's that's like the, that's the acceptable evil. Uh, and then you've also got games, uh, some of our chat was mentioning, <clears throat> like the Buck Hunter series, where you're just a hunter out there, trophy killing, like wild and exotic animals. I, I
0: never would have thought of I that. I could
1: definitely see where people would, you know, you're sort of the bad guy in that. Because uh, I mean, you're, you're not doing it for any kind of uh conservation or or for the meat or anything like you're just going out there and trophy hunting uh which I know some people that's their thing uh and then there's a lot of games that that ride that line um for example black and white where you can either be a a helpful and uh uh glorious godlike figure or you could just beat your guys into submission, you know. Anytime they do wrong, throw them in a volcano or, or you know, pl- wrath and plagues. So you've got I think there are are typically more you can play as the bad guy than there are just you are an evil game, are an evil guy. Uh someone else mentioned in chat a, a spectrum Slash Amstrad Slash Commodore game called
0: Jack the Nipper. Oh yes, yeah, we played that, and you play a little jerk, as I recall. (laughs) So, you know that 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 is a that is a really even like the school days and that way you could sort of do bad things and you could sort of be a jerk. Did you ever play Bully? Although it sort of you eventually aren't a jerk, but that one you sort of start out as a jerk. Uh, you know. Yeah,
1: well, bully is more of a heart of gold type guy, where yeah, he's the, the rough exterior. But as you play the game, you're actually a pretty decent guy. Well,
0: or you could be a jerk if you want to be. You know, yeah. Uh, some games will let you uh, play two players as the jerk or evil. I'll I'll, and I'll go with like an archon, and I'll, everyone likes to play the black side and archon. Ain't nobody wants to play the light side because <laughs> uh, you get the. You get the cooler characters and on, on the uh, on the uh, evil side of that one, so that's one that springs uh, springs forth. You know, someone I saw mentioned, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, a game uh, that where I, we played the we played the online game of that. Uh, and well, I'm going to talk about that later, oh, so okay, we'll save that's that be coming up. So yeah. we'll skip. We'll, we'll let you. I don't want to steal your thunder on that one. Speaking of thunder, we've got a lovely a lovely rain coming down here at Amigo Studios. So if you hear any weird bing, and that's what that is. Uh, Well, I think that's an interesting uh, cross-section of games, uh, and uh, we've picked a couple, Diesel and Brent, uh, I think I'm going to let you start the show uh, this time around, and hopefully this rain will kick off. Uh, What did you bring to the table this week? Now, the rules for this were pretty simple. There were no system uh, limitations uh, or year limitations. We could pick from anything uh, we wanted to throughout time and space, Brent, and you picked picked what I think is a winner. What do you got this week? I picked Star Wars Tie Fighter, and
1: uh, for those that are not familiar, this is a Star Wars game back in the nineties. Tie Fighter was actually released in ninety four, and it's part of an of a X Wing series. They actually the first game of this is you played the good guys, you played the rebels, and you you know fought against tyranny and and uh, tried to beat back the empire, whereas in Tie Fighter. You play the Empire, which, uh, you know, is often looked at and even more so in the Disney era, glorified as the bad guys. You're trying to rule the imp- the, the galaxy with an iron fist. And in TIE Fighter, you take control of, of uh, a TIE Fighter and you run missions for the Empire. And you get in there and you, you know, the Empire guy says, go and do this. And you go and you do that. And it's it's great. This is the one of the greatest buildups of uh, you're the bad guy starting that I've ever seen because anyone who knows anything about Star Wars, and if you don't, just a real quick crash course. Uh, in the Empire, you're expendable. You know, no one is is the starts out as being the super stud. You're just garbage. So when you start out, you are in an unshielded Tie fighter. And you uh, have to prove yourself. And if you go out there and you get killed, you know, the game lets you try again. But the Empire doesn't care if you live or die. Pilots are expendable, ships are expendable. It makes more sense from the Empire's perspective for you to go out there and run into something and blow it up, uh, you know, or just be uh, part of the swarm, you know, part of the numbers game. Because they, they've got all the resources they want. They'll just keep sending ship after ship. And as the game progresses, and you uh, prove yourself, they're like, okay, now this is a pilot that needs a little bit more. So they start giving you ships with shields. And they start giving you uh, different armaments you can go in. And top Fighter kind of walks the line. Yes, you're playing as the Empire. And uh, the Empire is, ob- is viewed in an evil light. But they mostly have you uh, fighting pirates. You know, the the people that are evil for both sides. Now, you do go and run rebel missions, too. And there's infighting, where you actually uh, battle your own people. Um, But TIE Fighter did something back in the day. This was, you know, one of the few games where you play as the definitive bad guy. And it does so in some of the most remarkable space sim flight simulator stuff that has ever been done. It is detailed and it is precise. The movement and stuff feels excellent. Uh, Once you get to a point where you're in a more, the later levels when you're in uh, a more uh, substantial ship, you get to divert powers to your shields or your engines. You can set up what kind of armaments you go have. And you're in space, so you've got full 360 flight movement. You can go anywhere you want. You can just stop dead in space and turn if you wanted. Uh, and it's all done so well. And another thing TIE Fighter really does well is when you start the game, if you go through the tutorials as you're supposed to, it tells you every single thing you need to know how to do. It tells you how to target. It tells you how to scan. It tells you how to look to your left and your right and your up and your down. And it allows the player to learn these things as they go, which makes the game so much more enjoyable So because you don't feel like you've just been thrown into something. You feel like you're a pilot that's being trained and learning how to fly these things. I thought they did a really great job with that. What did you think? I
0: agree. And the funny thing is you have to learn some of the more mundane aspects. Who would thunk that Absolutely. Who would think that like flying around a spaceship would you it, it's almost like an, uh, an administrative duties of checking cargo stuff. you know cuz at first you do the lamer stuff. And so you have to learn how to do the lamer stuff. Uh, but yeah, they do a good job. You know, uh, uh, they. Uh, well, I didn't feel when I started this, and it'd been a it'd been a good while since I played this. But I, I felt like I felt pretty comfortable pretty quick uh, with it with everything. Uh, and but like I said, you're right. I mean, it, they do give you the feeling that, like yeah, you're a scrub, uh, and it makes you wonder what the guys that like. If you remember in Star Wars, the, the the two the two guys that were like flying on Darth's wing. You know or some of the cooler guys what do they have to go through to get to that level a lot absolutely of are, and even those guys are end up being expendable pretty you know pretty expendable so you're right they it, it, they're not you're not special that's for darn sure and the tie fighter is not what I would call a durable item you know so absolutely you're not, not go yeah. in there wing you're not gonna be a cowboy going there wing ding with a tie fighter you, you won't be around real long and this game uh has proven
1: itself to be a a fan favorite. Like I said, it was released in 94, but it has gotten several updates. Uh, It got expansion packs uh, that added more missions. It got re-released twice. uh, Once on its own as a CD collection and then once as a uh, as the whole X-Wing series collection. And they didn't just Slap it in a new box and put it on a shelf. They upgraded the graphics. They updated the music. They updated the sound to take better use of CD technology. They took it off of the DOS platform where it started and moved it to the Windows 95 platform uh, where the probably the best release of it is. Um, And it is a game that really, even today... I picked this up. If you're watching this live or the day of release, you can go buy uh, the special edition of Tie Fighter, which gives you all the extra mission packs on Steam for less than four American dollars. That is an absolute steal, and you owe it to yourself to do that because it gives you the best vision, uh, the best version with the highest resolution, which unfortunately is still only. 640 by 480 but the game's graphics not only were they phenomenal for the time I mean mind-blowing for the time they are still good enough to play today because of how everything gets presented to you uh, the sound on this is good the music is absolutely glorious because the the like the emperor's march and stuff, in the Star Wars games, was meant to sound evil. And it has those evil undertones. But this, you're kind of playing as the good guy. I mean, from their perspective, right? So all of the music has more uh, higher tones, more upbeat, so it's less ominous and less menacing. I thought that was really well done. Um, and then they even go as far as to, uh, uh, you know... There are tragedies in the game as you go along and, you know, you have the Empire kind of infighting and it's a neat perspective to see that as because then you're the good guy as the Empire fighting the bad guys, the Empire, which games rear rarely, rarely do that. Have you as the bad guy, but on the good side of the bad guys really enjoyed the game. I I I know this is a fan favorite, and the reviews at the time really let that stand out. This has won multiple awards uh, from different magazines. Most notable is uh, IGN ranked it as the second highest PC game of all time in 2009. You know, so over a decade after its initial release it's still pulling in awards like that. Now, a little bit of trivia for you, Aaron. Two bits of trivia for you. Do you know if this game won Game of the Year the day, the year it was released in 1994?
0: Oh, boy. I'm trying to think of what came out that year. This certainly would have been in contention. That's for darn sure. I'm guessing, though, by your question, it did not. Correct. It actually
1: came in second to Doom. So if you got to <laughs> lose, that's a pretty good one to lose to. Yeah,
0: although, although, and, and you can see that Doom was such a, uh, graphically such a step forward. Although so is this in a lot of ways. But if this was an improvement where Doom was like a whole new, really blow-away genre that really jumped far away from, say, uh, Wolfenstein, for example. And so I can, I can understand that, that you're right. That if you're going to lose, that's the one. Yeah, and that, it's a... Uh, uh... It actually had
1: lost a few uh, in a few different categories the Game of the Year. Uh, Wing Commander 3 beat it out as Action Game of the Year. And uh, UFO Enemy Unknown uh, won its category over TIE Fighter. So it played a whole lot of uh, second place. But it was second place for so many uh, different categories even. Uh, I think really is a testimony to how glorious and how well built and how well playing this game truly is.
0: The what are the, you know this game? I I'll tell you something. When when the original when X Wing came out, I, I had my Amiga, and I was desperate to get this for this uh, X Wing for the Amiga. I, I mean, I was dying. I was waiting and waiting for it to come out. And I've mentioned before, but that's when I knew I was done with the Amiga, unfortunately. Because I remember this guy told me he had a uh, the beta release of X-Wing for the Amiga. And I was so excited. And he I went to his house, and he wanted a ton of software for it. And I, I was copying software for him, and it. And so we were getting towards the end of the day. I'm like, okay, man, break out the X-Wing. And he's like, well, I don't know where it's at, man. I got to go. <laughs> and he screwed me. He purposely wow. screwed me. I'll never forget that. But I wanted X Wing so bad, and I played it eventually on my old Tandy. But it wasn't; it didn't. It, you know, this thing was out of its league. And and then when this came out, because uh, I thought X Wing was awesome, and this blew X Wing out of the water, graphically, like control-wise, the AI, the enemies are smart in this. The uh, I like the yes. fact something you can do in this that uh, you could target. You could target individual parts of ships. So you could target, like, engines or shields. I love that aspect of it. These games did a great job of simulating what it would be like to take one of these small craft and fly over these large capital ships. like, I mean, if you remember the opening scene in Star Wars when that Star Destroyer comes over, this big, massive thing. It was so impressive at the time. And when this came out, when you had the ability in these games to zoom over these ships, it was just so awesome. I remember just it was. loving that. I thought the missions in this were clever because you start out, like I said, with these more administrative tasks. And then sometimes those will devolve into something where, you're like a chase or a defense mission. Uh, and uh, when you get the better ships, there are some awesome ships you can get in this. You get bombers. You get all the stuff with shields. And it really uh, they really do a good job of, of uh, moving the story along. You talked about Wing Commander 3 coming out uh uh and, and doing well that year. And Wing com- this game and Wing Commander are very similar in, in the way that they uh have this cool presentation. Wing Commander job in terms of uh you know making you feel like a pilot. But I mean it's a different type of story too because Wing Commander oh,
1: absolutely. is
0: a game where you're the hero and you're and you're uh you're fighting evil so it's a little bit more difficult to like get you to embrace ultimate evil uh, by showing these little, it's it's easier to do Wing Commander, I guess what I'm saying. But Empire <laughs> does a good job of getting you into the sort of the mix to feel like you're part of this, you know, gl- this huge space government, you know that. And and like you said, there's there's stuff going on in there, and you've got to pick sides. Uh, it, they did a great job with that. But one place that this crushes Wing Commander is the actual space part. Wing Commander is a good yes. job. Don't get me wrong, the Wing Commander series improved dramatically. Over the years, when it comes to getting the space part right, but they this well like crushed any of the wing commanders from back then. This was uh, this had much better, in my opinion, much better space uh, combat. The ships were cooler, and I, I, I and like this one more the space aspect. And eventually, you got X Wing versus Tie Fighter when that came out. And that was a pretty big deal too. But this absolutely. this is probably of the of the three titles. This is probably the best one in my opinion. Now I, I have to say it's been a long time since I played X Wing versus uh, versus Stomach and Street Fighter X Wing <laughs> versus Top Fighter X Wing versus Street Fighter wouldn't go too good for the Street Fighter, <laughs> uh, but uh, I will say that I, I enjoyed I enjoyed going back and fooling with this. Uh, the controls are great. I know it's available on uh, for you know updated versions. This one shows you how popular it is. It's been modded. The music, by the way, they have that um, what's it called the iMuse system. That they use yes. in this, where they yes. where the music changes dramatically depending on what's going on, you know that. Absolutely. Hey, that, that it sounds like a gimmick, but it works. You know that. Well, I thought that was awesome. Uh, you know the music changes, and you're right, the music's off the charts. You could tell they had the full uh, Lucas like uh, like instrumental uh, like gimmick behind this thing. They they didn't pull any punches, and when you this, is, if I may go off on an editorial tangent here. This is back when Star Wars was still awesome, and everyone loved all of it, and everyone was happy all the time, and it was glorious. It's not like today, where they put out six duds and weighed that weighed the poor trilogy down with a bunch of with a bunch of luggage and extra garbage that they have to tote around. This was back when it was awesome. So great game.
1: Well, this and this took place in the cinematic universe. Uh, this was after Empire Strikes Back uh, but before return of the Jedi. Uh, so it actually fit right into the uh, right into the storyline. One more fun fact about this before we uh, go to user reviews Aaron. Uh, this was available as a demo and it came on two floppy disks and, and it was bundled with a computer gaming world. What made this demo uh, very unique was before you could play the demo, you had to watch a commercial about the Dodge Neon, because they were the one who sponsored the demo. So you put your game in, you fire it up, you've got to watch this advertisement before you can play your game.
0: <laughs> That's the way you do it, so, man. You gotta get, you gotta get, you gotta get your word out. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say one thing. Uh, Star
1: Wars is the ultimate in uh, playing as the good guy or the bad guy. Because it's not just being a bad guy for bad guy's sake, and it's not just being a good guy because you want everything to go well. There's a dynamic there that really lends itself to being good or bad. And you can be on the rebel side... Uh, and still be bad, and you can be on the Empire side and still be good, and it all works. And there's no game that that is truer than in Star Wars The Old Republic, which that's the MMO. Uh, If anyone wants to play in the Star Wars universe to be a bad guy turning good, or to be a a good guy turning bad, or anything in between... uh, I highly recommend checking it out. You can play it for free, uh, and it really does really let you get in there and tweak how bad you want to be or how good you want to be. It does it really well. And you know, I really want to hear the opinion of other people on this. Did we get any Discord reviews? We sure did, big boy. We got a few here.
0: So uh, our our good buddy Graham W. Webkey, friend of the show, uh, writes. I'll start off by saying I'm not really a big fan of Star Wars. I know I can feel the barbs and hexing from Australia, and that might give the impression this game is going towards the binary you've but you'd be very wrong. This game is the reason why I can't get a lot of enjoyment from Wing Commander, and even Elite Dangerous struggles to hold my attention. I rebought this on so good old games when it was available, and I don't regret it. It's how a f- space flight slash combat simulator should be. And it was all and almost made almost 16 years ago. It was almost yep. made 16 years ago. I'll get it right eventually, Graham. What a technical achievement! The game really does need a joystick, as the mouse play to me is difficult. I've never tried playing this with a mouse. The campaign is now a touch too long, but for its time, would have given excellent value for the money. A true classic. Nine out of ten. He liked it, Brent.
1: I agree with absolutely all that. And if he got it off a of good old games, yeah. Uh, he, he's playing with all the extra missions. Uh, with all the extra missions, the game is almost double the original size. Yeah. So that definitely can feel a little yeah. long.
0: Um, Rushi writes, or Roushi, we'll get that right one of these days, uh, I can't be remotely <laughs> unbiased in my love for this game. It remains incredibly playable today, and despite the shift from rebel fighters to flying eggshells, it felt like it had a more comfortable difficulty curve by not forcing you to complete those secondary and tertiary objectives every mission. The addition of to shading was a visual treat, though I was forced to disable it on my old leading edge to maintain a smooth frame rate. These days I prefer the untextured garon visuals over even the textured models in later Windows 95 releases. Do yourself a favor and play this and make sure you get the CD-ROM release. It opens up Super VGA resolutions has higher quality cinemas, includes the excellent Defender of the Empire expansion, and most important, importantly, includes Final Enemies of the Empire campaign missions, more than doubling the amount of missions in just the base games. Final score, timeless! That's a heck of a review for Rushi. I, and by the way, I agree with him on uh, the, the, the quality of the graphics was is definitely a step up, and I do also agree that you need to get the CD-ROM version. Um, Lord Soup writes TIE FIGHTER okay I have this on Steam not DOS but it's awesome nonetheless I prefer X-Wing as I am no rogue leader but this does provide a shady joy for siding with the evil galactic empire it's got that at all caps <laughs> it's a classic for for a reason and the X-Wing TIE FIGHTER games would be prime candidates for HD remixes if I was one if I was one pulling this trigger Nine out of ten. Edit. I do not I do have it on DOS. I got it from Good Old Games. It's TIE versus X-Wing I have on Steam. So there you go. We'll edit there. Yep. Uh, we've got one here from our buddy Lobsterminator. Uh, I played this a lot last year, and TIE Fighter remains the near-perfect space combat sim. I played it with real hardware on and a CH flight stick joystick, just like I did in the 90s. And all I can say is it hasn't aged a bit. I was dodging and bobbing my head during intense fights just like the old days. From the minimal but well done 3D graphics of the storytelling to the dynamic IMU's music that changes with the situation. Every piece just fits perfectly. Being able to see Star Wars from a new perspective is just the final icing on the cake. It perfected the formula started by X-Wing 9.5 out of 10. And finally, this was a game that was very well reviewed by our Discord. Our good buddy Chris Fultz writes, A masterpiece for the day. I spent so much time playing and still plays great today. The, diff- the different perspectives of playing for the dark side is amazing. Recommended grabbing the good old game edition. Wish they would do a remake 9 out of 10. My God. Yes. This was the one of the most popular games we've ever looked at in terms of, in terms of the people in the chat. The people in Discord, in they loved it. Love this game. So I, I'd say you picked a the winner there, Brenny. Well done. Absolutely.
1: And uh, if this game has no value of its older editions, uh, unlike some games we've reviewed in the past, you can pick this up today. Good old games, Steam. Like I said, Steam, is on sale if you're watching this live uh, or the day of release? It's on sale for four bucks. Uh, you owe it to
0: yourself. Treat yourself. Go get this game. Enjoy it. I gotta agree. When when you pick this one, uh, first of all, it's a great choice, and secondly, uh, this is a winner, a winner. If you're into space combat at all, uh, is it my favorite space combat game of all time? No, that would probably be Descent: Free Space. I really like that. But this one was, for the time, was a, was blew the doors off the computer. And the space combat in this is silky smooth, uh, definitely, uh, uh, um, definitely improved on X-wing in almost every. In fact, I'd say in every way. In fact, I think I like this more than X-wing versus Tie Fighter just because of the story. I, I, I think I, I real, I, I really like this one a lot. So an excellent, excellent choice. So, with that in mind, we'll move along. Uh, when we got this category. Uh, of playing the bad guy, I had a, I had a game that just leaped into my mind immediately, immediately, Brent. Uh, a game that that uh, uh, shows you that being the bad guy can be fun, joyous, and that game, of course, is Rampage. Rampage, the classic, absolutely the classic arcade game. Now. Uh, I wanted to look, you know, it's funny. We looked at Rampage, me and the boat, on the Coco, uh, of all things, uh, 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 last year. And the Coco port of this was uh, very good. And it even allowed three players. So I wanted to look at a, what was considered the, like the ultimate home port of this in a lot of ways. And, and when you look around, and, and I also just happened to. Uh, to uh, own this version and that but the people often consider the ultimate port of this game the master system port and you can see right here i can sort of zoom it in. i can put it right there behind the the simulated cartridge this is the rampage box i've actually uh, owned the box if you've never seen a, a master system game these are great uh they're hard they're sort of like the sega uh genesis games and they're they're they open up uh they've got a little place to hold the cartridge. As you can see there, and they've got the, got the book in here. I love it. They've even got little things to hold the book. These The master system uh, was an awesome system. It's awesome to collect for, too, Brent, because these things, they built the last, and people kept their yes. boxes. You know? Uh, yeah, no paper boxes there. You got that yeah. right, buddy. You got that. That's absolutely correct, sir. So, before we get too far into Rampage, the... Uh, the, the game from Sega, the Mega Drive game. Let's talk about the arcade game, uh, Brenny, a little bit. Uh, Rampage, the arcade game, came out in eighty, way back in 86 by Bally Midway. Uh, it's a game where you sort of turn the tables on the conventional gameplay. Uh, instead of a Donkey Kong, where you're taking on the giant gorilla uh, to try to uh, save the girl. In this one, you are the giant gorilla and his yep. two buddies as they rampage uh, through, a, through multiple cities, uh, laying waste to everything they see in a glorious path of destruction uh, that, you, that you rot on these poor, unsuspecting towns. Uh, the, the arcade version of this had, had three simultaneous players, which is something else that made it awesome, uh, because it uh, let you uh, team up with your buddies. Uh, your, your three uh, characters were George, the giant gorilla, uh, you also had Lizzie, who was a Godzilla type creature, and then you had uh, the oddly named Ralph, the giant werewolf. I don't know if there's a, a subtext to his name. I've never <laughs> I thought that was strange. Uh, and in the in the arcade version of this, you climb, you find yourself ca- like in these different cities, and your job is to climb up and down buildings and smash them into rubble and punch and uh, punch your way through them and uh, uh, eat. Anyone you see, eat people, smash cars, bridges, uh, taxi cabs, police cars, tanks, whatever you see, airplanes, helicopters. It it is a lot of fun. Uh, It's funny, I was doing some research on this game. In the arcade, there's 128 days of cities. And actually, you can actually go to every state, but there's only a few states that aren't represented in this. So, get this, Brent. I didn't know this. In the arcade, the only states that don't have cities in the game are Connecticut, Delaware, Mississippi, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Vermont. So, even, apparently, West Virginia is in there if you play it long enough.
1: I can only assume it goes to Charleston to cover two states. Who could
0: say? <laughs> because if you think about where it's, it, the, the cities you start in are real kind of obscure cities, you start in Peoria Illinois and end in Plano Illinois so I don't know why I don't know what the reasoning was behind that um, once you play uh, all those cities uh, you get you it cycles uh, uh, again you it, it can cycle through five times and when you after, after you play the arcade 768 days the game resets back to day one and they talked to the guy who wrote the game was like listen we never, in our wildest dreams, thought people would try to get to after anything after level seven hundred and sixty-eight. So, <laughs> and really, no one should ever, no one should ever do that, man. So, uh, the funny thing is, when they made this game, the guys that made it, uh, that were uh, a guy named the lead artist, were Brian Collin, and the programmer was Jeff N- uh, Nauman, and they, neither one of them liked arcade games. <laughs> so they said, make a game, and so they wanted a game. Where there was no objective and you couldn't really lose, and that and there was no, and you could do whatever you want, and that's what. So this is what they came up with. It's just a game where you just run around crushing stuff, and they're right. I mean, you eventually can, you can eventually run out of energy, but if, effectively, there's no right or wrong way to play the game. You could beat up your buddies, you could beat up whoever you want, you can do whatever you want. Uh, one of the reasons that the game was like it was is because they were a limit on what shapes they could put in the game. Uh, this was—I thought this was interesting. Uh, the, they had the technical limitations, uh, so the city sort of had to look the same. And they had to have the same sort of rectangular building because there were limitations of the hardware they were using, which I thought—I huh. thought that was bizarre. Um, after this game came out initially, the uh, they added more levels to it, which I also didn't know that, the, and they also made the game more—they uh, made the game more difficult. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, so, in the, in the little pictures that are up, that are uh, that appear in the game of the different people, those are actually uh, people that were in, that were actually working on the game. He put him, uh, Colin, put himself as George, his wife as Lizzie, and uh, the other guy, not Naman, as Ralph. And those, were, those were the programmers and artists, which I thought was, I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, when they promoted this game, they went around the malls and they would put up signs and stuff that said, "This city is slated for destruction." <laughs> and then they would Wow! It. I thought that was cool. So they actually got behind this game. Uh, I don't know if this game was very popular when it was being worked on, but uh, it became wildly successful. Uh, and it was, it was one of those games that's sort of ageless and timeless. You could always like one of the first games me and the kid played was Rampage because he could just give him the joystick and just let him run around like an idiot, and do whatever he wants. It's it's a good part of the game. Uh, that uh, it's a it's a, a, a very free worldy. Uh, they, this game was the first of a ton of sequels. Uh, they, in fact, I'd never heard of some of these Brent. Rampage, uh, Rampage 2, Universal Tour, Rampage Through Time, uh, Rampage Puzzle Attack, Rampage Total Destruction. <laughs> hey, don't look at me. This this game's popularity was such that in, in t- they actually filmed a movie called Rampage, starring The Rock. You remember that? Yep. It just came out a few years ago. I don't think it did too good, uh, 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 Branny. But uh, by I think God, the game w- was more widely accepted. Yeah. So let's talk about the actual uh, rampage on the master on the master system. Now, I've got the uh, like I said, I've got the box here. Now in the arcade, it's funny. Different versions of this game got different amounts of cities. So on on the back of this game, it says "Smash and Trash with two mega power, mass destruction." has never been so much fun. And arcade superstars Ralph the Wolf, George the Ape, and Lizzie the Lizard make a riotous wrecking crew. So go wild. Crunch the concrete. Trash a trolley. Smack on a soldier. That's a real nice thing to put on your box. (laughs) Smack on a soldier. Have an an office building for lunch. Go on a rampage. And then here's uh, something I found interesting. This one says 50 cities to destroy. So you've got uh, 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 less than half of the arcade cities. But let's... Let's face facts. The cities are pretty much mostly the same, uh, with some slight additions. You know, and I will say on Rampage World Tour, they made the cities a little more unique. And have you played that one at all? yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, and it's that's that's a great sequel to this. But this game, this game has a, a unique charm to it, just because, of, like I said, it was something really new and different. So the master system actually does a pretty good job uh, with this game, Branny. Uh, all the characters are represented. You can pick whichever character you want. The uh, Of course, you've only got two players in this instead of three. That's not too bad. It, really there weren't, I think uh, with the exception of the Coco, I'm not sure if there were any systems that had three player support that I, that, that I, I couldn't find any, but I didn't look super hard in every system. But yeah, this was one that you could uh, that was two player. Uh, when you go up and down these buildings, uh, punching and 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 destroying the buildings. You will see windows open occasionally, and and stuff will pop out like soldiers throwing dynamite at you or shooting at you. Occasionally, a woman uh, will pop out or a dude, and you can grab them and eat them. Now, I will say the uh, um, one of the big changes in this game is that number one, there's not the the in in the arcade game, there's way more stuff to there's way more objects uh, to grab. Yeah. I mean, tons and tons of stuff. This one, I noticed right away that there—it seems like it was a lot more limited on what pops up. And the arcade stuff pops up like when you're when you break up in buildings, just crazy stuff—light bulbs and toilets and sinks, uh, all different types of people. Uh, and this one, it, it seems to be for the most part, it seems to be either people, soldiers, and just very rarely an occasional thing like a like a sink. It's a little harder to differentiate what's what you're looking at. Uh, when you, when you break these buildings open, uh, they do do a good job. It's got, it does have backgrounds, which not all the versions of this have. And by backgrounds, I mean like in the back of where you're, of the destructible area, you'll have silhouetted buildings that let you know that there's more city out there that you can go out and, and, and go out and wreck. Uh, the, uh, the sound on this is pretty good. The, the, the tunes are okay. Uh, they do a pretty decent job of capturing the, uh, the, the, the uh, audible way that the monsters get hit with dynamite and run around and destroy stuff. The sounds are pretty solid, I thought. Uh, again, this is the master system, but for as an arcade port, I thought this was the, they got that part right, down pretty well. Uh, in the arcade, you'll, the cities will vary occasionally with uh, some cities will have bridges. Some cities will ha- will be on the like on a coast or on a lake. That you can that you can uh, go across uh, the uh, they they this has that stuff as well. Uh, something I think's funny is when you uh, uh, is when you get killed in these games, uh, your guy reverts to human form and is naked, and you yeah. you have to cover yourself up as you kind of walk off. And I like it that you I like when that happens when you're near water. Because even your little naked guy will go under the water and across and and keep going off the screen, and you can just see his little head or a hand pop up over the water as he's walking yeah. as he's walking through. Which I always thought was funny. Something else that's great is in, of course, in two-player mode. Uh, if you're playing with your buddy, you you can attack your buddy ad, ad, ad nauseum. You can beat the crap out of him. But something else you can do is when when your buddy gets killed. And he loses all of his energy and becomes a human. You can go eat him. <laughs> yes, and you can do that in this too. I always thought that was, I thought that was uh, super funny. Um, this game is not without its shortcomings. Uh, I would say the for me the biggest shortcoming, Brit, I'd be interested to hear if you had this problem, was actually climbing buildings, just timing when to push up. Uh, in the arcade, it's pretty it's pretty smooth transition. Uh, when you go from building to building, you just kind you get near the edge of a building and you push up. And this, I, you really had to practice timing when to push up, and so it made it for me. It made it a lot harder to to actually get anything done, because what happens is if you milling around the city for too long, eventually uh, soldiers come out with dynamite packs and they put them in front of the bugs and just blow the whole building up. And yes. when that happens. Uh, you don't get the points. you know you lose out on a lot of points and a lot of fun and and part and when that happens, it's usually because you took too long. you know they they move these levels along and they and so when all the buildings are gone, that's when the level ends. And so you you, you know that was kind of a bummer. did you have any control issues with with uh, controlling these guys getting them up and down buildings?
1: I did in the very beginning, yeah, yeah and I did find myself uh jumping to grab a hold of buildings was way easier. Uh, But I did eventually find the sweet spot, what the game was looking for. And after that, I was able to go all the way on top of buildings and then down the other side, which I was having a lot of difficulty with. Uh, I think that overall, I think the controls are actually pretty good. I just think you have to find that sweet spot. Uh, And it is more difficult to do than the arcade, but I don't think it is overly difficult i don't think it negatively affects the game
0: i will say i if you've ever played with an authentic master system the controls for it are kind of small aren't they brent uh yeah they're small pads, and, and they're they're sort of they're sort of nes like uh, but they're smaller uh, they're good controllers don't get me wrong in fact i find them easier to hold than nes controllers just because their nes controllers are so they're they're not huge but they're big enough to where they fill your hands up and they make it just hard to for me to my hands get tired holding them. I mean, have you ever had that problem with those? Uh, I know you played a ton of it's NES. It's been a
1: long time since I've played with a system for long enough for that to well, happen. On
0: the NES, that used to help me a lot. So I, I find the mass system controllers a lot easier to like hold. So but I but I actually had to play this with Genesis controls. Uh, and that may I don't know if that is part of the reason, but it, for me it was just like Brent said, it took some practice. And I never perfected it, but I got good enough to where I was I was less annoyed. But I hate when I run out of time and I can't and I can't blow something up. It drives me nuts. Uh, this also has the uh, the bits where you can get electrocuted if you hit if you try to uh, if you try to punch an electric sign or a light. You also can uh, if you try to eat someone who's carrying dynamite or a bomb. You got you know get sick. You can lose energy any number of ways: falling off buildings, getting shot by tanks or jets. Or, or anybody that has a machine gun. Uh, you can still jump up and blow away uh, helicopters, You know, which is always good for a laugh. Uh, like I said, for the most part, they kept most of the standard stuff that was in here. And having looked over a lot of the different versions of this one, uh, of Rampage, this one is graphically, certainly, uh, is probably the best of the bunch, if not in the top couple. It's In fact, one thing I noticed over looking at Rampage is how many horrible versions there are of this, Brent. Why was this game yeah. so hard to port?
1: I, I think a lot of people tried to port this to systems that couldn't support it, uh, but this version is is incredibly good. It's not perfect. In the original arcade versions, the way you got the power ups uh, from the buildings was to punch open windows. Yeah. Uh, in this game, in this version, almost all the windows are open, and that rule doesn't apply. Uh, the other difference I found is when the tank shoots you with a shell, you don't get bounced back. Uh, you yeah. just kind of take it, which, I mean, in the arcade, it was really annoying because you to chase at a tank took effort. Yeah. Because you kept getting pushed back, pushed you had back. To
0: sort of, you had to sort of jump in on the tank and and hope right. it wasn't going to shoot you because if it did, it'd blow you halfway across the screen. I, I You're right. Now, I... I really I,
1: I I like uh busting the windows open and getting the goodies inside cause the, you know the fruits and the water and the uh, uh, water fixtures and uh the televisions and stuff. I've always thought that was good fun and you can actually hit the signs and the electrical stuff as long as the electricity is off and the sign this is one of the only versions uh, I'm aware of that actually has that differences where the sign is on which means you'll get electrocuted if you hit it, and the sign turns off, which means you can get the points if you hit it. Uh, the attention to detail and stuff like that
0: was absolutely phenomenal. You know, when I was doing research for this, I was looking at the arcade game. The ima- the sheer amount of stuff that you could pick up in the arcade game, it- you wouldn't believe me. I mean, it's, it's, out, yes, it's, it's, it's unbelievable it's, it's the, the amount of stuff they put in there. And I've played that game for years and didn't know what it did or what it was. And, and there's even, like, each character—I didn't realize this in the arcade—can actually pick up. There's one person each character can pick up and carry around. Like, yes, each one has a different guy or chick. Yeah, George picks up the girl. Yeah, uh, I know that uh, one. I, 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 but, I mean, the amount, the sheer amount of stuff that you can collect is unbelievable. This—if if, if this version has a shortcoming, that's what it is. It's the yeah. fact that there's very little— and let's face facts; all of them have many, many shortcomings, so for that to be the one, that's not too bad. But that does yeah, the, take some of the fun away when you can't get all the goodies. The other problem I have with this is it
1: will not let you punch the first floor of a building. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. You can't You can't actually... You sort of have to work your way. You can't even diagonally punch it, which is, right. I, I guess, there's a graphical limitation there. That, that, well,
1: and, and it's okay... Uh, once you accept it you know accept that's how it is you just stop trying to do it yeah I mean, um, it's,
0: that is a play mechanic that's a little bit different uh, uh yeah from the but I mean they pretty much I'll have to say uh they pretty much nailed most of the other mechanics and like say graphically they did a great they did a really good job I will say one thing that's missing also is in the arcade in between levels there's sort of this like a, a like a tickered like a, 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 a like a news ticker that comes by that tells you what city you're in. It kind of flies. This one just tells you the city in big bold letters. I think yeah. <laughs> I'm used to the other one, but this one's okay. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, but it does. This one gives you the. It tells you the city, and there are, like I said, there are differences between the cities, but they're pretty minor for the most part. But I mean, some the the bridges and stuff work the same way. You can jump on them, go in the water. You can go, you know, go through the water, and break
1: the bridges. I was really impressed by yeah. that. yes of course yes. you've got
0: your trolley. You can whack it back and forth, you know, which is cool. The manhole. When someone put peeks out of the manhole,
1: you can actually hit yeah. it and make the manhole fly. Yeah. Out. So they
0: they put in a lot of the little things. Uh, I, I like I like the ability to just. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I always like is when the businessman falls out of the building and he takes over with his briefcase. You can run down and grab him. At, you can still do that, you know. So it's they they kept some of the stuff in, but uh, and of course the buildings don't get quite as tall. I think there's a, maybe a floor or two less, but for the most part a fun game. <clears throat>
1: oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a really, this is a really good pick too. Uh, I definitely thought about it because this is, you're definitely being the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to hear what Discord has to say about this when we get to that, yeah, cause that. I wonder how they feel about this versus the tiebreaker game. Such different games this week. Yeah. I different should, you know, I should,
0: types of play. I should mention that this, this came out in, in 89 in the US. In fact, across the world, it came out in 89 except for Australia. They got an 88, according to this. That's that's crazy. How'd they get the jump? Ah. Um, Now, get this, Brent. You knew knew this game had been widely distributed, but get this. You could get this for the Amiga, the Amstrad, the Apple II, which, bad. Uh, The Atari 2600, dude. The uh, Atari 7800. the, uh, uh, The Atari Computers. The ST. The C64. There's a DOS version. A Lynx version. Uh, I believe the Lynx version is the one that adds like a, a fourth guy. Did you know that huh. <laughs> they they actually came up with another monster and added it because I guess you could have four-player games. Uh, the NES, which the NES version of this is surprisingly bad.
1: It is. Uh, it's not nearly
0: as. Good. We mentioned the Cocoa version, which is surprisingly awesome, and the Spectrum got ported. So this thing got port well ported. Uh, I like yeah. the fact that you got everything in here from the Atari from the Apple II. All the way up to the Amiga. You know, and everything in between. That's a pretty wide berth. Um, uh, uh, I should mention that this was developed by the uh, Sega Master System. Their their in-house team worked on this. Um, This game reviewed pretty well. Uh, The Game Freaks uh, went back and looked at it. Gave it an 85. Uh, Computer uh, and video games back in the day gave this an 81. Which, uh, again, these scores are a little low in my opinion I, I
1: think they're low
0: um, the games machine gave this a 58 uh, they and they were their big thing was the price they they said 25 pounds was too much to pay for this game uh, that's
1: insane well it's,
0: that's what they that's that's what they did you know uh, so hey you know some you can't make everybody happy um, I looked this up on the eBay uh, if you want to pick a copy of this up I was hoping it was worth a ton of money. I could cash out Brent with my copy here, uh, but <laughs> but sadly, if I could actually turn the page here in my notes, it was not worth a ton of cash. Uh, 25 to 40 bucks complete. So right here, you're looking at 25 to 40 bucks complete, uh, or you can get the loose card for a tenner, 10 U.S. dollars. Not hard to get, but again. I recommend collecting for the Master System. Number one, the Master System's pretty awesome. They've got a bunch of crazy games. And secondly, they look the cases and stuff are amongst my favorites. Uh, we got a, 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 a some Discord action on this. Uh, we got a lot of Discord action this week actually. Uh, Graham uh, uh, writes in, uh, your time and cho- your timing and choosing this game is uncanny. As I only recently introduced my youngest daughter to the arcade version of the game, and she loves it. Only the Tandy Coco version comes close to the Master System port, which is the definitive home port of Rampage, so he agrees. It includes all three characters, unlike the NES version, which doesn't include Ralph. How do you leave off Ralph, Brent? Uh, the sounds are great, and I find the controls are as good as the arcade version. Only the occasional graphical flicker, glitch, and two-player mode spoils this for being a perfect 10. It's mindless fun, which some people might feel eventually gets a little repetitive, But but it's in my six of the best Master System game list for a reason. Nine out of ten. He loved it. He was a big fan of that one. Uh, Chris Folds also chimed in. One, uh, One I owned as a kid. This is a cracking conversion of the arcade classic with bright, colorful graphics and gameplay way beyond the expectations of the system. The only thing that lets this down is the game itself. It does get a bit repetitive over time and doesn't have the replay value for me, but an excellent port, eight out of ten. So they chimed in and pretty much agree with us on these on this one, Branny. I uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It's funny I've owned this for a while, but I'm not sure I'd ever played it until this week, and I really enjoyed it. But of course, like I said, if you don't, if you just let Rampage be Rampage, you're good to go.
1: Yeah, this is definitely one that. Um... Uh, unlike TIE Fighter for me, which was a go out and buy this game, it's that good. I, I think this is a, if you have the capability of emulating this, you should go and find a way to emulate this. And if you see this in the store, uh, for one of the better systems, I certainly think this is a game actually good
0: enough to pick up, Aaron. Yeah, and if you've got a master system, this should be on your must-buy list, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, and by the way, go get a master system. Speaking of a master system, We have a master system in place for choosing games, Brent. You know what that's called. It's the freaking wheel. Oh, all right. Here it comes, big boy. Now, this week, we've added a couple darlings here. First, in our our Retro Rewind, we've got the VIC-20. Ooh, everybody likes the VIC, Brent. And then, uh, to replace chat choice from last week, we've got Bizarro Spin. So, if that comes up, we'll let Brent explain it to you. Let me get this thing in line here. I always had to hold this thing like a bazooka. All right, are you ready, Brent? Yeah. <laughs> you ready?
1: <laughs> You're suffering, may amuses me. You ready
0: to go? Here we go. Let's do it. Ah! <laughs> and the winner is Final Retail Release. Final oh! Retail Release. Brent, tell the people what that means. Okay, people, this mean me. is pick any system or a uh,
1: computer and this is the final game that was released for it now this uh final commercial release homebrew releases later do not count so this was the this is the a final released
0: game for a system or computer this is going to be tricky because like there were like for example the PlayStation uh, 1 and 2 had releases probably decades after their uh after they, put it, ha- it has commercial to be commercial releases.
1: releases.
0: What's that? It has to be commercial. It has to be a commercial release. Right, I mean, it can't there be. There were commercial releases for systems that came out well after the system was dead. You know, so we're what? so we're gonna be we're gonna be sort of loose on that in terms of we're not we're if if they release something 15 years later, we're okay with picking yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. That's gonna require a, 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 an amount of research, Brent, to determine. Yes. This should be interesting, the last commercial release, and I think I might compile a system or a uh, document together that kind of uh, shows some other system's last release, and we could chat about it. That might be kind Absolutely. of fun. Um, let's take care of a little bit of uh, uh, business here. I want to, uh, and I've got it here somewhere, I want to once again uh, tout our uh, contest, everyone, the Coco uh, show for to win this. It's Gunstar, y'all. Gunstar, the brilliant game from Nick Marentes for the TRS City Car Computer 3. We're giving this away, sealed copy. Along and this disc includes not only the game but also includes several of his other games. One of which he's actually uh, enhanced for coolness factor. Brand, yeah. uh, this is the this is the definitive scrolling shoot 'em up on the Coco. This was a Coco 3 game. It also works in an emulator. Sealed copy. How do you get this? Easy. It's easy. All you've got to do is go to. Break into Aaron's house. Yeah, come to my house. If you can take me in combat, and I don't think you can. But another, <laughs> an easier way is if just simply leave the Cocoa Show an iTunes review. And we're going to uh, go through all the iTunes reviews and just pick out uh, 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 randomly, pick a winner. And the winner will be shipped this anywhere in the, in the known world, Brent. We'll ship this out free, free goodie. Even if you don't have a Cocoa. Uh, this is a rare item that is uh, sure to go up in value exponentially. Uh, disclaimer: yeah, I mean, Not sure play, to go up in value, but uh, you can play the, it on
1: an emulator. Yeah, so
0: there's no reason not to try to get that's it. That's right. That's right. And and, uh, and Nick is a tremendous programmer, uh, and he uh, did a great job on this. Plus, as an added bonus, in 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 the loosest fashion imaginable, I was involved. Let's show that off. Me, look, playtester Aaron Dowdy. There it is. <laughs> screw you, screw you and your battlefield crap, Brent, or whatever that game was. That's the real credit. Um uh, Brent, uh, what else have we got? Uh, do you want to uh say anything about Anchor? Anchor.fm, our, our where we host our shows. Yeah,
1: that is the home of all of the ARG presents episodes. If you ever want to go back to the back catalog and give it a listen, just go to anchor.fm. Slash ARG Dash Presents, uh, and you can listen to any of our past episodes. And that is the home of Just ARG Presents. Uh, we uh, also are on the Amico Retro Gaming Channel, which has hosts all of the podcasts. Uh, but if you're just looking for ARG action, that's your fastest way to get there.
0: That's right. And we we appreciate that people are Anchor. I like having all of our shows available all the time. That way, I can go back and listen to some of the early shows and cry a little and die a little inside. But the, <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much all we've got. Brett, you got any more bits you want to say? Hi to the chat while we're here. Uh, yeah, let's say hi to
1: people in chat. We've got uh, Hermsky just came in, we got Lobstinator, uh, Picard, Paul Kitching. Uh, uh, just say it Mits- Mitsonama. Or I, I just like to call him Mitts because I'm really bad at pronouncing stuff. Duncan yes. Styles, uh, we got challenged Moose, Amiga Bank, of course, made an appearance for us today. Frodo was in chat, uh, and tons and tons of others. Good,
0: good crowd. It was a real good turnout today. Good crowd today. So uh, we... uh, my loving wife, was in chat. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, we appreciate everyone for stopping by. And uh, we hope you'll join us next week. We shoot uh, ARG Presents live every fr- Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, USA, West Virginia time. And uh, hopefully next week, Brent, less rain would be what I'm hoping for. Less rain. Although I did have my first cookout of the year yesterday, so you can't have it every day. So it worked out That's it worked right. out pretty good. So next week, game the last game, re- retail release on a system. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Please join us next week. And until then, the bar is closed.
1: ARG would like to take a moment to thank their wonderful supporters. Anthony Jarvis, John Schaller, Terry Howard, and Graham W. Vetke. Would you like to become an ARG supporter and help keep ARG spinning? you can do so at anchor.fm slash ARG presents. Supporters are read out loud and get their name animated in all future ending credits. It's our way of giving a little more for folks giving a little more. Don't want to explain another monthly credit card transaction? No problem. You could always help ARG Presents by sharing our podcast link, leaving us a positive review, or just keeping tuning in. It all helps us grow. We'd also like to thank all of our podcast listeners, all of our Twitch followers, and all of our YouTube subscribers. Without all of you, spinning that wheel and making that deal wouldn't be nearly as fun.